Okay, and welcome to another episode of Fend for Yourself Friday. Hope your guys' work week went well. Hope you're already planning your takeout orders. Or, like me, going to go out to eat tonight. The weather here in Virginia in late September is absolutely beautiful. I've already authorized outdoor dining. So Allie and I are going to head down to downtown Leesburg to enjoy a supper at one of our favorite restaurants. Not sure which one yet. Then we're going to come home and we're going to continue our Harry Potter movie marathon. Speaking of marathons, today's guest in the podcast is our friend Becky. Becky's a marathon runner, certified running coach, and has a lot of shoes. Before we jump in to our interview with Becky, we're going to talk a little bit about last week's podcast. Shout out to Jamie for letting me know that Fiji water is delicious. I do agree, Fiji water is very good. It has almost no taste. It's as pure as water gets. I did complete my double-blind taste test, and I still prefer Evian, though Fiji will definitely do in a pinch. Also appreciate her letting me know that pomegranates are good, to which I agree, especially if I'm not the person who has to cut them. Finally, a little update on Sam's Club. Found out today that Sam's Club is offering a $45 gift certificate to new members, which is the exact price it costs to become a member at Sam's Club. So I guess the old saying is true. There is so such thing as a free big big box store membership. Without further ado, we're going to jump right into our interview with our friend Becky. I'll catch you on the other side. Okay, we're back on Fend for Yourself Friday. This time we have special guest host, Becky. Becky, is this your first podcast? This is my first podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Have you ever listened to a podcast before? Uh, Yes, I do. Um, Not as often as most people, but every once in a while. That's, That's totally the fair answer. Yeah. We had a lot of pressing questions from last week's podcast, mostly um, from my cousin, Jamie, um, who wants to know, uh, she asked me if I like pomegranates. Turns out they're okay. And I'll talk about that in the beginning, but do you like, do you like pomegranates? I do. You know, um, I like them, but I think that they are so much work that they are not quite worth my time. If that's, you know, a good enough answer. They're an unbelievable uh, amount of time to get a pomegranate going but yes. i bought for for the low low price of eight dollars for half for like a quarter of a pound um i bought eight dollar pomegranate yesterday from whole foods oh my goodness it was already oh. done for me all i had to do was eat the seeds you know what i've thought about it many times when i walk by and i just can't i can't get myself to put that much money into that small cup of pomegranates i just can't the key is not looking I suppose just grab just Just grab grab and go every once in a while Ryan will buy one for me and I love it it's a great treat I never buy them for myself I'll probably buy another one like maybe like once every two months but it won't be it won't be a constant thing I think you should um buy an actual pomegranate and then like 
have Allie film you, like, trying to get all the seeds out on, like, Instagram. I think that's what you need to do. That's something we can definitely do before before uh, next week's podcast. And we yes. can get it filmed. Yes. We actually just did a Evian versus Dazani blind, double blind taste test. <laughs> so do you know whom you like better? Um, well, I'm a fan of just water in general. And I mean, I don't care if it's tap water. Like, I really have no preference. But if I'm picking between the two, we are more of an Evian family. I don't know why. Ryan loves it. So I just go with it. It's good. But I don't know if I can really taste the difference in any of the waters. So Allie said they both taste like water. <laughs> but I, I went through this and I went through this in the intro. Evian tastes better to me and Fiji tastes like nothing. <laughs> it just tastes like pure water. But like, how, can you describe like Evian? Like the taste, like... I just, I have a hard time describing water, you know? It tastes like the French Alps. <laughs> well, I think that's what they were going for. <laughs> and they, they succeeded. <laughs> See, you just like Fiji, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just don't have a good enough slogan. Maybe that's what, what it is. I also don't like their bottle because it's a square, but mm. that's when my all, preference. When all cup holders are circles, so. Right. So I, I respect the idea that people like Fiji better. Just for mm-hmm. me, I prefer the taste of Evian. Yeah, there. You know, everybody has their own opinion about it, right? I picked it up immediately too. Allie's face was hilarious. She couldn't believe I got it right that fast. <laughs> That's hilarious. She should have gave you some tap water too. You would have probably picked that. It wouldn't have been as cold. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, so we've been friends now for at least ten years, all the way since the beginning, since team friendship. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I was actually thinking about this the other day because Ryan asked me. He's like, "How did you ever like meet James and Allie?" And I was like. This this was a long time ago because it was back when I was still in college at UND and I graduated in 2011. So I knew you before then, obviously. That's correct. And we played on Team Friendship together, which was our volleyball team that won the yes. Forks Wednesday night championship. Yes, we were champs. Champions are forever. <laughs> I still have my shirt. I still do. I think I finally got rid of mine, even though, what, what, what was the, what was, so in Team Friendship, we, we translated the word friendship into different languages. Yes. Becky, what was your language? So the back of my shirt had friendship written in German. I really did enjoy this concept. I have yet to see, like, any other team replicate this in any intramural type sport. So very creative for whoever came up with this. Maybe it was you. It was definitely me. It's hard, it's hard to be this creative. And mine was <laughs> mine was in Korean, which I personally really enjoyed. What were some of the other languages? I don't quite remember. So good, though. I don't honestly know. I really, I, I think Steve's is in Swedish. I know that. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to reach out to all the members and, and see if they recall. I bet they do. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they still have their shirts, too. Yeah, like I said, I still have mine. Ryan just kind of chuckles. He didn't quite understand what the back said, but I explained it to him, and he was like, team friendship i was like just it just go with it yeah just deal with it yeah yeah so you came out here a few years after that to visit us in northern virginia yes and when you were here somebody sent you a beer a boy did sent you a beer (laughs) via well he sent you money for a beer yeah you know i don't know that he will ever be able to top that move uh because personally i feel like i like that won me over, but I also think it won you guys over, right? Yeah, like, was- I, I think that sealed the deal. Like, you hadn't even met him, and you were like, this guy's a keeper. 
Um, we only knew him as Ryan from Iowa, which yeah. I really appreciated. <laughs> and we still would like, if we sent you something or like a letter, we probably would still send it, you know, and sign it Ryan from Iowa. Now it could be cool. Becky from Iowa too. So <laughs> um, yeah, that was like, I, that was, that was nice. I was out in DC visiting you guys and I had just met Ryan, now my husband. And um, we were at the Twins national game and he knew we were at the game and he Venmoed me money for a round of drinks, which I ultimately don't think we got drinks. I think we got like food, like candy or something. But um, I think we were all kind of like, oh, wow. And Venmo was pretty, I mean, I was new to Venmo, so... That shows you how long ago it was. <laughs> That's very true. Then that was a, was a very new thing at the time. But now you guys are married. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that would have been in April. So it was five years in April and that's, we got married in April. So five years later, we're married and living in Iowa. Who would have guessed when I went to DC that this is where it would all lead to? I, you, I had no idea. Now you guys are Mr. and Mrs. from Iowa. Yes, we are. So before we get into the, the podcast part of it, you are a speech therapist? I am. By day, I'm a speech therapist. I don't know. I don't have many different traits, but uh, yes, that's what I do. That's your, that's your profession. It doesn't but that's my profession. profession. <laughs> yep, that's fair. That's fair. So a very important question I have is, is why were my S's sounding so weird in previous podcasts? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... I was behind on your podcast, so I had to catch up, and I remember seeing somebody comment on Facebook about it, and I was like, I have to listen to this, but I kid you not, within like seconds, minutes of starting to listen to it, I paused it, and I was not sure that I could actually finish listening to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say, as speech therapists, our ears are very attuned to like unusual speech, (laughs) and those S's were woof, so... um, in the speech world, we would have said you had quite the lateral S. So all that really was, was the airflow comes out different when you say your S is that way. And obviously, yours was a recording issue. I think you talked about that on, on previous podcasts because you don't normally talk like that. But uh, yeah, a lateral S. Your air was coming out kind of goofy, but definitely a recording issue. And I'll tell you what, once it starts getting in your head, you all you do is think about whether or not you're saying S is funny. I'm sure. Well, you know what? I was nervous to come on this podcast just because it was my first podcast. But I think I was more nervous. Like I told you, more nervous after I listened to that episode, worried my S's would come out that way. I kid you not. (laughs) Your S's are perfect. (laughs) Good, good, good. So let's jump into the reason we brought you on the podcast. Because not only are you a speech therapist, you're also a running expert. I don't know if I'm a running expert, but uh, I, I'm running running enthusiast, maybe. You're a running coach, too, right? I am, yeah. I um, Just during COVID here, because I had some free time and some interest in it, I uh, got certified as a, a running coach. So. Well, that's very that's very cool. How would somebody yeah. find you if they wanted you to be their running coach? Um, well, you can reach out to me on Instagram at health with Helmecki, um, or Facebook, but I am actually listed on um, the Roadrunners Club of America as like if you go to their website, it's one of the couple, one of the few um, divisions that like certify running coaches. I'm on their website for Iowa, so you can find me there. That's really cool. So you became a running expert by just doing it. But, but before <laughs> I get into the running part of it, why is me walking seven miles more impressive than running 26.2 miles? 
<laughs> Wait, first off, I have a question for you. Uh, who said walking seven miles was more impressive than running a marathon? I did. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? I actually kind of chuckled when I heard this because I actually hate walking. Like, obviously, I walk throughout the day, whatever. It's just what you do. But if I just go for a walk, I am, like, bored and I get a side ache. I am, like, tired. I don't really know why. But if I go for a run, I am perfectly fine. So I would almost rather run 26 miles than walk for seven, to be completely honest. And how long does it take you to run 26.2 miles? What's your fastest time? Um, my fastest time was actually my last marathon that I ran. We went to um, Berlin, Germany. And I say in 2019 BC, so before COVID. Yep. Um, and I ran a 352, um, three hours and 52 seconds and or three hours and 52 minutes and then some odd seconds. I can't quite recall. That's really good. My goal was uh, to break four, and I was like, I'm going to break four, and it rained pretty much the entire race, um, but who knew Berlin was super flat, so I never at one point noticed a hill, um, so I think that kind of helped kind of push my speed a little bit. Would you call Berlin the Fargo of Europe? <laughs> you know what? I have not ran in hardly any places in Europe besides Berlin. Um but I would, yeah. I'd maybe say that that is the the Fargo Marathon of Europe. That's a really good analogy. What a, what a banner or what, what a thing to hang its hat on. Berlin gets to hang its hat as the Fargo of Europe. I mean, you know what? It's Forget about being like a world marathon major. It is the Fargo Marathon of Europe. That is like way more, you know, prestigious, I would think. Good job by you, Berlin. <laughs> yeah, kudos, kudos. What was your first marathon? Um, okay, well, James, you were actually at my first marathon. I, I don't know if you, so. yeah. So my first marathon started way back in. I was just thinking about this because it seems like so long ago. Um, tw- the year was 2014, I believe. It was May, um, 2014, yes. and it was in Rochester, Minnesota, on quite possibly the hottest day that Rochester has ever seen in the month of May. I'm not. I don't have like facts to back that up, but. To me, it will always be the hottest day in May. As a running supporter <laughs> or spectator, I would I would agree with you. It was very, very <laughs> hot. I, I learned a lot of things at the Rochester Marathon, too. I want to hear, like, what did you take away from the, the marathon? Because I took away tons of stuff. But what did you take away? The first thing that I learned is that if you're going to swim in the pool. So we, we stay at the Holiday Inn, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but the Holiday Inn in Rochester allows you to take beer into the pool which just made me incredibly happy. <laughs> so I was ordering beers to the pool. And as Allie tells it, I'm just bebopping around in the pool. I'm already on my second or third beer, just having a great time. Because I know we're walking to dinner. There's no driving anymore. It's all relaxing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, something hits me in the thigh. And this is the Rochester Holiday Inn. So I know it's not a fish. <laughs> it's an indoor pool. And I know exactly what it is. It's my cell phone. (laughs) And 2014 era iPhones do not handle 40 minutes of water very well. No. So I learned don't jump in the pool with your phone in your pocket. And if you do realize it within the first hour, 
But I learned a lot of things too that the Holiday Inn has a business center. They did, yeah. I don't know. Do are do is that like a thing in hotels still? Do they have business centers? I mean, that one did, but I don't think that there's a lot of. I don't think there's like public access to a computer anymore. Like you can just log on to your Twitter, which is <laughs> what imagine. I did numerous times. Which is where hashtag from the holiday live from or from the Holiday Inn business center came from. Yeah, you with, were checking in, and I can't, I can't even imagine doing that nowadays. It was a really bad idea even then to just put my personal information on a holiday and computer. <laughs> now knowing what you know about like cybersecurity and all that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely would not continue to do that. I also wouldn't buy um, adults chocolate muffins when they're running in a marathon. <laughs> okay, so so a little bit about the, the race. Maybe you're going to get into this, but there were three of us running. Uh, myself, our friend Allison, and then Allie. Uh, and I, this is our first, mar- like my first marathon. I don't know um, if Allison had run one, and I don't think Allie had either, right? She it was like, she didn't, she hadn't run a marathon. She didn't even train for this marathon. No, she showed up. No, so that's, that's a whole nother story. But um, yeah, it was like a million degrees. And I, you know, I didn't probably know what I wanted to eat in the middle of this marathon, but when I saw you standing there, with that bakery box full of like these decadent chocolate muffins, I knew deep down that that was a hundred percent not what I wanted. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm oh. dying laughing because that was a hundred percent a selfish move by me. I had seen that place when we were when we went to dinner the night before and had yeah. decided I was going to do whatever it took to get one of those muffins. <laughs> <laughs> you just were like standing there, and you were such a good supporter. Like I, first of all, you didn't have your phone, and I wouldn't even dream of like going to a race to support someone and not have like a way to contact anybody but you were standing there and you were just like so encouraging and like I think I was the first one to see you and I'm like dying and you're just like holding this box of muffins and you were just so happy to like see you know like oh you're running and I'm miserable and those muffins almost made me throw up but (laughs) it was very thoughtful and I will never forget it um I have yet to have somebody else offer me a, a muffin of any kind really in the middle of a marathon but so you still hold that I'll tell you what, those muffins were delicious because I think I ate three of them. <laughs> They're big ones, too. They're like Perkins-sized muffins. They were massive, and they were a yeah. huge mess. I will tell yeah. you. That. I will tell you, though, that um, when I was running the New York City Marathon, Ryan was not running it, and he was there to, like, support me. And I was very, at one point, just, like, super ready to quit. And although I was hungry, uh, he had bought mcdonald's for himself but had saved me some french fries so he tried to like offer me cold mcdonald's french fries and turns out that is also not what i want during the middle of a marathon you just you know trial and error trial and error so what does a marathoner eat for fuel um well i guess it kind of depends like i'm pretty like picky about what i take during a race just because like I have a sensitive stomach and you're running for 26 miles and you just like that's a terrible combination if you don't have the right fuel um, but I like to keep it pretty simple. Like if I'm on the race course, um, if people are like providing stuff, like I'll take like a half a banana or some like orange slices, like orange slices are pretty much heaven, um, when you're in the middle of a marathon. But as far as fuel goes, I love using, um, jelly belly sport beans. It's basically just like a little bit healthier jelly bean, if that's even possible, um, with like electrolytes in them and they are delicious. I like those. Um, hmm. uh, 
good old Swedish fish, like any type of like chewy gummy candy. I really like that. That's that's pretty good. I'll keep that in mind for next time I'm, I'm being a marathon supporter. Yeah. I mean, I even bring my own like liquids too. So I, I'm very, yeah, I'm very particular, but I feel like it's because I've like tried things out and realized like, oh, I just don't want regular Gatorade. I like want my special like noon tablets or something. So. Well, obviously you're doing a good job because you ran under a four, <laughs> four hour marathon, which is it, very, very fast. It did work, but I'll tell you what, a funny story. When we were packing for Berlin, um, I was packing my like fueling like supplies and, and whatnot. And I, at the time, had been using like some, I don't even know the brand's name, but it was like a powdered mix that I just like mixed with my water. And I was going to bring that with so I could use it during the race, but I didn't want to bring the whole canister. So I'm like packing and I put it in a Ziploc bag and then I had it sitting there and I'm looking and I'm like, Ryan, I feel like this looks like a bag of drugs because it's just like white powder in a Ziploc bag. So we decided you know, no, we're probably not taking that to Berlin. Um, we just didn't want to didn't want to mess with airport security and questioning what was what was this powdery substance that I'm hauling across the country. So, yeah, across no. the pond, even probably uh, across the pond. Yeah, I know. I would have been stopped for sure. Probably 100%. the right decision on that one. I'll, I'll agree so. with that one. Yeah. Back to bananas, though, or no, I'm sorry, orange slices. I can also say that even though you say orange slices are heaven in a marathon, yeah. Pre-cut orange slices are also perfect for a Harry Potter movie marathon. I ate those last night when I was <laughs> watching Harry Potter with Allie. I will say, though, since we had already kind of talked about pomegranates, oranges are another thing, though, just like side note, that I typically just won't buy because I don't want to peel them. It's another thing. If the fruit takes too much time, probably not going to have it. But um, during a race, yeah, they are delicious. And I have never tried them during a Harry Potter movie marathon, but maybe I'll have to check that out next time. Full support in both situations. It's good we have different viewpoints. We have different ways we can help people find orange slice usage. Absolutely. I think that we should maybe be like a billboard or something for the orange industry. Orange they... For marathons, no matter what kind they are. <laughs> yes. So how many marathons have you run? I have, I was thinking about this. I have run, I think I'm at nine marathons. Yeah, I'm at nine marathons. We actually figured this out prior to our wedding because we were like coming up with trivia questions for the DJ. And I've run nine and Ryan's done 11. So 20 all together in this household. The from Iowa's are killing it on the marathon. <laughs> I totally know. That's a lot of miles just during races. That's, a, that's, yeah, a lot of time on our feet. So when it comes to like running, how fast are you in the mile? What's your fastest mile time ever? this you know what I feel like when the Olympics were on it was so funny you we totally knew when track and field started because we got so many text messages from friends being like how fast can you run the 800 how fast is your 400 time because they just needed some type of comparison to like a real normal human being that's not like an Olympic athlete and of course our times are like nowhere near but um I just probably like a year or two ago ran it in uh, a mile in six minutes and like 11 seconds. And that's been my fastest. I haven't been able to break six minutes, although I'd love to. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I ran a 10 minute and 27 second mile on Wednesday. Yeah. That's not very fast. I'll admit. Hey, did you run it in preparation for this podcast? That was part of the reason. And, and for exercise, because I'm, I don't know, just in the last podcast where I talked about 220 by 1020. Yeah. That's my weight loss goal. And I'll tell you what, it's going well. 
Nice, nice. We're down to 236 in basically like four days. <laughs> We're only 16 more pounds to go. You're going you're gonna to crush it at this rate. I can do it with orange slices. And running miles. Only one, though. Yeah, mile, mile repeats, like once, you know, maybe one mile a week. We'll just call it that. So I've been doing a thing where I do arms one day, legs one day, run one day, off one day. Oh, there you go. You're Basically, figuring in those rest days. That's important. I love a rest day. It was my favorite. <laughs> Ryan might say that I don't take enough rest days. Or my uh, I, rest day is like, oh, let's take a rest day. But then we go and walk 18 holes, ago, like a round of 18, you know, at golfing. And he's like, that wasn't really rest. You just walked seven miles, you know, so... What are the golf courses like in Iowa? Are they like uh, super busy? They they happen this summer. They have, but they are um, lacking trees after our little derecho storm last um, last fall. So they're kind of bare. They look a lot different um, than they used to. But we have about we have three like city courses here in Cedar Rapids, and then we have some like private ones and a few others. So I don't know. They're decent. We 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 golf them quite a bit. So what was the derecho? Is it derecho? Is that what you call it? Yeah, derecho. Derecho. What, what yeah. was that? Because I'd never heard of one until we showed up in Cedar Rapids. <laughs> right? Uh, neither had I, surprisingly. Um, it was, you know, I don't really know how they classify it. It's kind of like um, a like really high intense windstorm, but that it lasts. Like it was like hurricane, hurricane, it, they call it like a land hurricane, really. Um, so it's like hurricane speed winds, but they are like for a, a prolonged period of time. So I can't remember the exact length of the storm, but it like was probably 40 plus minutes of like 100 plus mile per hour wind. So yeah, I had never heard of it, but it was not fun. And it's still just kind of a mess. <laughs> it, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it was not good. Speaking of Cedar Rapids, what's your favorite part of Cedar Rapids and why is it the Czech Village? Cedar, I think the Czech Village is your favorite part of Cedar Rapids. It is a hundred percent my favorite part of Cedar Rapids. Well, did you did I tell you before you came to Iowa that Cedar Rapids does have a big Czech population or like it had like a lot of history for it? I oh, think I we, told you that. When we go someplace, I'm doing research on it weeks in advance, finding every place we need to go, every place we don't need to go. <laughs> I was well aware of the Czech population of Cedar Rapids before we showed up. I love the amount of research you guys put into it, but prior to coming to Iowa, like the fact that you had like mapped out all these like attractions that you wanted to do, I really enjoyed it. The only thing that I was kind of bummed about is that we couldn't like participate with you in like all those because it would have been a lot of fun. But um, I like Czech, yeah, Czech Village is great. They've got some like cute little shops, um, Nubo Market, which is just like kind of down the road from the Czech Village. Yeah, awesome. Lots of cool places. We went to the Nubo Market. We went there. We went to yep. the... The, I think it was like Lion Head Brewery. Oh, yep, yep. Big, big fan of the of the Czech Village. <laughs> Are there any marathons in Cedar Rapids? You know what? There actually is. Um, I don't know how many years they've been doing this, but we actually ran the inaugural, like the very first one that they held. They call it the Crandick Marathon. So Crandick, Cedar Rapids, and Iowa City. Like, that's how it's spelled, like, with oh. the initials. Very clever, right? That sounds like something you would have come up with, really, with your creativity. But, um, yeah, the Crandick. So you literally start in, like, the Nubo, like, Czech Village area, and you – we ran all the way to Iowa City and, like, through Iowa City and, and ended at Kinnick Stadium. Um, 
it was very cool. I mean, it's not like super scenic by any means. It's Iowa. You're just running <laughs> near fields. So it's, you know, but um, it was cool. And we haven't actually, we haven't done it since. Um, and we weren't super well trained for it, but we got it done. It still sounds, it still sounds like a really good workout for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yep. Out of all your marathons, which one has been your favorite? Oh, man. I, you know, what? I really think my favorite, and I'm a little bummed about how this one went, but my favorite was probably the New York City Marathon. Um, it's the largest marathon in the world. There was like 50,000 some people running it, really. Um and it's just cool because you get to run all through the different parts of New York. Like they shut down the different streets and it's just kind of like a moment where you just can't believe that you're actually like doing that in New York. Um, the only part that I didn't like about the experience was the fact that my race schedule got a little bit goofy and that's actually when we came out to see you guys. Yes, it um, is. Yep. We ran Marine Corps marathon in DC that prior weekend. So I did the marathon in DC and then, that next weekend, I was in New York running. So back-to-back marathons, I do not recommend that. But either way, New York was great. I loved it. It seems like an iconic race to run. It is, yeah, definitely. It's one of the world marathon majors, so I was happy to check that off my list. Um, Ryan was pretty upset because he's still – it's a lottery entry, and uh, he has been trying for years to get in and still has not gotten picked. And I got picked the very first time I tried, and he was – very upset and 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 accused me accused me of using my North Dakota old North Dakota address to like get in because they'd be like the one token North Dakota person which I did not do I did not do that well I'm glad you I'm glad you got it and I hope Ryan gets in as well yes so that's I think all I have on on marathon running not that we've covered all of it by any means but now I've got some <laughs> just general questions about just the general sport of running okay so do you ever stretch? Not nearly enough. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I always tell myself like every like January 1st, like I'm going to stretch more this year. And I usually don't. I'm not going to lie. I'm just, not, I don't love it. But here is what I will tell you that I have started doing and it's helped a ton. Um, I just try and stretch for like 10, 15 minutes a night, maybe if I get there, like Maybe I don't. That's fine. But while I'm watching TV, like there's always like a chunk of time where I'm sitting down for like a half hour, maybe before I go to bed. So I just sit on the floor and stretch while I'm just like hanging out. And it's actually made it a lot easier to do. Um, I don't know. They say, you know, you should be doing dynamic stretching before, you know, I, I just can't do it. I don't know. I never stretch before or after a run. I know you should, but... That's fair because I should stretch as well because my leg days are getting a little ridiculous. I'm doing like... <laughs> like 50 pound squats. So it's a kind of a long weight. <laughs> yeah. And I get very stiff. So I, I got one of those, like, you have just those pounder things that like, they're like, I don't know how to describe them. Basically they vibrate and they. Like a Theragun type product. That's exactly what Yes. It is. Oh my. Did you not think we had Theragun? James, at one point we had three of them in our house. Wow. That's I a lot know. of Theraguns. That's a ton of Theraguns and that's a lot of money. Um, yeah, no, we're, Ryan has every recovery tool under the sun. We have it. Um, I do love the Theragun. It is fantastic, but I keep telling him it does not replace stretching. All right. I'll note that. So I'll start stretching more <laughs> as well. As you, I mean, as we're, we're getting older, right? So we, we got to take care of ourselves. So I throw in like 10 minutes while you're watching football or something. I will, I will try that this weekend. I promise. Okay. 
the last question I have about running before we get into the fun section, or not necessarily <laughs> the fun section, just sort of the ad lib section of the podcast. Yeah. I need new running shoes. I have a pair that I love. They're New Balances. They're okay. gray. They're also red. They're gray and red. They're very comfortable. I've had them for like a year and a half. Uh-huh. But the soles are falling out of them, and I need new ones. Oof. Do I go back to the running store I got them at, because I like to support the local businesses, and try and buy the same pair? Or do I branch out and get new running shoes altogether? Ooh, good question. Okay. So is the type of new balance that you have is it like a specific running shoe or is it just like a general new balance they're the gray and red type <laughs> i don't think that helps me oh. i mean I, the only thing that helped me to figure out is that it's not the like iconic white ones that they always make fun of on instagram no um, okay well if you buy them at a running store they're probably probably running specific but here's my take on it okay and i have more running shoes in my house then I it people would probably be appalled to see how many running pairs pairs of shoes I have. Um, if you like something, there's really no reason to change it. So if they still have that exact same shoe, or you can buy it online and you liked it and it wasn't affect like it wasn't hurting your feet, um, there's no reason you can't just get the same shoe. I have found shoes in the past that I loved and just bought the same pair for like the ne- once I was done with these other ones. But if you want to branch out that's also fine just make sure i would recommend you go to the running store then to like figure out what other style or brand might work best for you um i always have a couple brands that i like to run in um a couple different styles of shoes but i will say say okay let's give this new balance a name what should we name this just hypothetically so i, I think, can i think they're the n3500s but okay. i don't know <laughs> Okay, so for example, if you're N3500, if New Balance then progressed it to the N3550 or something, you know what I mean? How sometimes they change the number or the 3600, same shoe, just the next model. They do change things about the shoe, okay? So try it on beforehand because I have been, you know, I maybe wore the 35 version of a shoe, but then they went to the 36 and it did not fit me the same. So definitely, definitely try it on. Um I don't know. I always have like three shoes that I wear in rotation at one time. So I always like to change it up. Will you authorize me getting two pairs of running shoes? A hundred percent. You should have two pairs of running shoes. My wife's totally fine with this, but I also really like the style of these running shoes just for like, oh, look at that fun looking 35 year old at the grocery store. His shoes are cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously not every shoe that's like the hot come on you know the hot thing right now is gonna work for certain feet like so you got to find something that works for your feet but I would recommend even if it's the same shoe but just two different pairs like I always have you know maybe more than one being worked into the the rotation I have three I have three that I work through and then I retire them when they get to 300 miles so that's a pretty cool way of doing it so how many pairs of shoes are currently in your house and considered retired (laughs) oh my gosh okay so currently in our house I'm considered retired probably with ride and i combined sure oh man definitely like greater than 20 all right and then we probably have like another 20 25 that are like not retired (laughs) so you have like 50 pairs of running shoes in the house oh easily easily hey you like what you like and i respect that 
Oh man, it's, it's, we need to find, we, so there's tons of ways to get rid of them, like once they've retired, but we just need to actually like follow through with it. You could on, you could put them on fence posts. <laughs> I, you know what? I hadn't thought of that in years. That's very true. Maybe I should take them back to North Dakota next time I go. I fully support that idea. That would like a picture on your account, your Instagram account of that. Yeah, that would be pretty good. So I think that ends our marathon running portion of the podcast. Wait, can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, please. Okay. So w- w- are you ever going to run a marathon? What's your thought on that? I don't, I don't think so. Really? And I'm not willing to, to tell America I'm going to. <laughs> you know, what? I will say though, a lot of people feel, and I just from like all the reading and the research and the running I've done, um, a lot of people feel like they need to like do a marathon to be like a runner. And that is a hundred percent not true. Right. Like, um, running a marathon does not make you a runner. You can run 5Ks your entire life and you are just as much a runner as, you know, like I feel like people always ask like, oh, you're a runner? Have you done a marathon? Like, uh, yeah. So don't feel pressured to, but I mean, your your wife did it. And I mean, although she, I haven't seen her do it again. So maybe she <laughs> did a half out here. I did a 5K when I was in high school. Yeah. After I had a hernia. Oh God. And I don't get me wrong, I had plenty of time to recover. <laughs> but I sort of got tired from running. Yeah. And the mesh from my hernia started to like bunch up. So I just called it a day, like after <laughs> two and a half Ks. Wait, was was the five K in Drayton or where was this? Yeah, the five K was sponsored by my dad. Yeah. Oh <laughs> very <laughs> not sponsored, but I guess he set it up. <laughs> oh, that's great. The the best part, he did a really good job with it. It was hard though, because Drayton is intersected by a tr- by like railroad tracks. Oh no. And the first year he had people run across the railroad tracks. Not a good idea. And like, well, that's what happened. Like the day of, he realized that like, oh no, like we have no control over the train. Mm-hmm. And thankfully there was no train came that day, but it was, he was, he was very nervous. And then from that day on, we just ran on one side of Drayton. <laughs> you know, it does happen though, because there is a race here. It starts down in the Nubo market. We just ran it like a couple weeks ago. I don't love the half marathon course. And I like kind of, I like refuse to run it um, because for the first two years we did it, it runs across railroad tracks. And the time that I was running, it was always aligned with when the train came through and I got stopped in the middle of one of my races by the train. And I just had to stand there and wait. It was very frustrating, but at the same time, like, obviously you're not going to like run across in front of a train. So not worth it. No. So I would say, I would say it's a, it's an unlikely maybe. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, maybe if we make it out to DC again, we can do a 5k or something. I'll do a 5k. I'll do the Turkey trot for sure. in Lansdowne. Yeah, you know, you can also, a big thing in the running world is that run-walk method, so you can always try that. I have tried that a few times. I actually don't mind the run-walk method. It seems like it, it, it varies it up a little bit, but... Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't, can, I can't even commit to two miles, so... <laughs> so there's, like, a course from our house that's, like, three miles where you can run, like, out of our house, around our HOA, and then, like, through the golf course, and then back up the other side, and it's, like, three miles. Yeah. And I keep telling myself my goal is to run this thing without stopping. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of ticks down by the river, and I don't need to get a tick. <laughs> That's also reason. not worth it. Right. I don't need to get a tick, so I just decided that to give that dream up. Yeah. Well, if you ever start, um, make sure you, you post on Strava, and I'll, I'll follow you and give you I, kudos for your I runs. did post my 10-minute and 26-second on Strava. You did? Well, I did it. I don't think I posted it. 
Oh, is it, am I even following you on Strava? I'll have to check it out after this. You can definitely find out. Okay. How can somebody follow you on Strava? Oh, I'd have to look and see. You know what? I um, I connect with my Garmin. I'm a big Garmin watch user, so my Strava is just like connected with it. But um, so I actually don't always know. Like I I post on there. Like all my runs are connected. Um, but it's probably under health with Homeki, to be honest. I think I like converted most of my my stuff with that. But I think it's yeah, Becky Nielsen. So yeah, I'm on there. Fair enough. You have any more questions for me? Um, you know what? I'll probably come up with them, but I, I won't say that I'm done pressuring you to do some running, but maybe not a marathon. I appreciate being pressured into doing things. <laughs> so so now for the fun section of the podcast where we move okay. away from running, but it can still come up. Okay. How are you guys enjoying going to the Hawkeye games? Oh, I love them. Um, yeah, we're excited to be back. You know, we um, we have season tickets to the football games, and so we love going to the home games. And last year, not being able to go, it was just, like, very different. It was very odd. Um, so we've been to two so far. They've had three games. One was away, two home. Um, yeah, I, I love going to Kinnick. It's so much fun. We actually, our seats where they are, fantastic. Lots of leg room. They remodeled it recently, so we've. I feel like we've got the best seats, so. That's that's great. I love that. Do you guys go to Big Oak Brewery when you go there? <laughs> so I chuckle because it's actually called Big Grove Brewery. Big and Grove. we haven't been there for a while. It's a, I love it. It's great. Um, our friends love going there. And I kind of chuckled because I remember in one of your previous podcasts, you said you are just, like, not a fan of hard, se- hard seltzers which shocked me. I love them. They're very good. But uh, Big Grove actually just put out their own line of, of hard seltzers, which I know now that you would not want to try. So Big Grove is not a sponsor of the podcast right now. Big Grove, the, the ball's in your court. <laughs> but the thing I liked about Big Grove the most probably was the lack of the $9 beer price. Like oh, we got yes. like four beers and a giant pretzel and it was like $26. Love it welcome back welcome to iowa welcome to iowa and virginia would have cost at least 46 dollars yeah you know when you put this out i'll try and like put something on instagram tag them in it you know we we're big fans of big grove we love it so how excited what's ryan like when iowa plays iowa state ryan went to iowa correct yes he did um oh so you know it's funny he we joked about this because they just played last weekend and we just went over to his parents to watch it because they played at iowa state so we obviously didn't go to the game uh he doesn't get too worked up about it like he just is getting in this like stage of his life where he just wants to sit home sometimes and just watch the game and he doesn't get too like riled up about it obviously he wants iowa to win right like it's pretty obvious but he he just wants it to be a good game really like so yeah, just he wants both get... teams to have a lot of fun. He just wants both teams to have a lot of fun. Nobody gets hurt, and, and everybody in Iowa is happy. Yes, yes. He does get a little annoyed sometimes with the people who go back and forth and make such a big deal about it. But, I mean, it's like in any in-state rivalry, right? Like, you're always going to have it. But Oh, when North Dakota plays North Dakota State next week, which might be the topic of next week's podcast. Oh, very nice. Oh, I'm going to make fun of NDSU all week long. I do I mean, I, I like the people from there. I mean, yeah. I like them all to be happy, except for yes. I want us to win. So, yeah, it's all. Right, exactly. Like, we don't have any, like, ill feelings towards the Hawks no. or for, to the Cyclones. But, like, we obviously want the Hawks to win. That's People that take it too far are the worst. Like, you're not on the team. Yeah. Like, it's is it really that personal? No. No. Years ago, Steve and I went to the, the Frozen Four in Minneapolis. 
Yes. And a fan from another team started yelling, like, UND sucks and you're the worst. And I just looked at them and I'm like, but I don't play. Right. Like, I'm just here to watch the game. And if we win, I'll be more happy. And if we lose, I'll be less happy. But I don't have any control over this. Right. Exactly. And I'm not going to, like, pick a fight with somebody about, yeah, you no. know, like, if you're not going to hurt my feelings if you tell me the Hawks suck or UND suck. You know what I mean? I, I get it. We're, you and I are adults. Good for us. Yes, we have made it in life. So, are you guys going to the game in Nashville when UND plays Penn State? You know what? I feel so bad about this because I really feel like since I moved to the state of like no hockey, it's been really hard to keep up with hockey. So when you asked, I just I was like, "What's happening in Nashville?" Like that's where I'm at with my life. I like couldn't even re- didn't even know what was going on, and then it dawned on me. Oh, I bet UND's playing down there. So. Definitely living someplace where hockey is like not a thing at all is made it difficult. So we are not going, um, which it makes me a little sad, but. That's fair. Does Ryan at least support the team? Does he support you cheering for UND if you were to watch the game? Yes, he does. He, um, he actually like didn't know. I mean, he just still doesn't know a ton about hockey, but he's a big soccer fan. So I feel like he's been able to like kind of catch on quickly because he, I mean, hockey and soccer are not like super different. Um, But he loves just saying go Sue because he knows we're not the Sue anymore. And he just loves to like kind of see if anybody will get riled up about it. Um, But no, he, uh, like when we, we watched it, like when they, this playoff, the last, um, the spring when they went to six overtimes or whatever, like he, he paid attention. He like watched it with me. So yeah, he, he's a fan. He just, hasn't had a ton of experience getting to watch them. So he does support the team. I was concerned he doesn't support the team. No, no, he does. He just, he's probably only been to like one game at the Ralph. So, I mean, he just, you know, he doesn't, I'm not watching it every Friday and Saturday night during the season. So he doesn't get like exposed to it a ton. Oh, Allie's watching it every time. I mean, I don't even know. I, I could probably find a way to watch it, but. NCHC app, a hundred bucks a year. Worth oh, every... really? My Fridays and Saturdays are pretty well taken up from like october 1st to like april well hopefully like mid-april yeah right so she's okay with that but she does it the whole football thing i learned okay okay she's not in on football (laughs) last week she actually told me she said can i go upstairs and watch something else i said yeah absolutely (laughs) you can do whatever you want that's great so before we go can we hear the cow story the famous cow story that was told at your wedding or is that a story that's that a proprietary story by your friend no, no, we can, I can tell you it. And actually I will tell you the correct version. Um, hers was maybe a little bit more um, humorous, but it's not a hundred percent true. Um, so any of the, the UND, you know, North Dakota people that listen to this podcast, which is, I don't know, maybe that's everybody, maybe everybody who listens from North Dakota. Um, we were actually dining in Squires Hall, the renovated version of Squires. And uh, my friend, who is from Devil's Lake, she was one of my, like, sweet mates earlier, um, had got a phone call from her dad, who farms north of where my family's house is. And he was like, hey, are you with Becky? And she was like, yeah, she's right here. And he was like, can you have her call her dad? And I just drove by her house. Her co- Their cows are out. And he was driving back to Devil's Lake, and he, drew, he was right by our house. So I just couldn't even believe that this was happening. I'm in college and I Grand Forks. And so I called my dad and, and just kind of relayed the message that he probably needed to go check on the cows. And sure enough, the cows were out and um, 
that's really how it all happened and my friend who told the story at the wedding was there kind of just observing this and couldn't really believe that this is what was happening um but hey that's North Dakota for you right like we're looking out for each other nobody wants to run into a cow in the middle of the night like we're just we're friendly people we're just trying to help Correct. I, I, it's, a, it's a very good story. She did tell it with more flair, I'll say that. She, you know what? She has a lot more flair than I do for t- storytelling and whatnot. But I, uh, I'm glad I have it on video because I love to go back and watch her tell that story. It's, it's very good. Yeah. I, I guess that's what we'll end the podcast. Anything else you'd like to say? Anything you'd like to plug? Any of your social medias? Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I really, I love talking all things running, golf, pretty much, I mean, anything. I, I just love it um but yeah if if people are are interested in following along in all of our running and athletic endeavors and and kind of fun little fitness tips and stuff i'm on instagram and facebook at health with homeki so come come check it out all right well we appreciate you being on the podcast and we hope the hawkeyes have a long uh, long and good season thank you three and oh so we'll see how it goes all right thanks becky yep thanks james All right, thanks to everybody for finishing another episode of Fend for Yourself Friday. And a special thank you to guest host Becky. Great to hear about all the marathons she's ran and all the shoes she's purchased. I really feel bad for those retired shoes sitting in their closet. I hope they find a fence post somewhere near Starkweather soon. I hope you guys tune in next week when we discuss UND versus NDSU, the Nickel Trophy, Jim Klein's also running away, and nothing from the last 15 years. Enjoy your Friday, folks. Remember to order in or go out to eat. Thanks. Bye. All right. You did great. Ooh, that was fun.